Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Zach Luna. This year, Spider-Man finally joins the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Spider-Man Homecoming. But 15 years ago, the friendly neighborhood webhead hit the big screen for the first time ever. Introducing Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the Spider-Man movies one minute at a time. Starting with Sam Raimi's web-slinging debut, we discuss everything from genetically engineered super spiders to wall-crawling heroics. Join us as we navigate the great power and great responsibility behind every single minute of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Spider-Man Minute, available at DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Rocky Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Rocky one minute at a time. I'm Doug Greenberg. And I'm Jason Haynes. Joining us again for Minute 57 is writer and co-executive producer of Star Trek Discovery, Ted Sullivan. Welcome, Ted. Thanks for having me. Hello, Ted. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. I know you're busy with uh, Star Trek and everything, so it really means a lot that you can jump on with us. I really enjoy talking Rocky, and uh, if we turn on one person to watch this movie who normally wouldn't do it, that is a victory in my book. Our job (laughs) is done. Yeah. My wife, who never watches sports, has no interest in it. Uh, I I showed her this movie maybe six months ago, and she was Mm -hmm. like, that's a really, really good movie. I'm like, yes. Okay. Really? (laughs) Yeah, my my wife was the same way. She doesn't really. She's not into movies or sports or anything fun and, and exciting. <laughs> <laughs> she, no, I'm just just kidding, I, honey. Yeah, I can um, see she, what you mean. She, <laughs> she, she's quite a catch. Um, she uh, the first time I showed her Rocky, she was into it. She she watches. She's watched all of them. Mm-hmm. I, it's very yeah. I don't think our wives will watch it anymore after us doing this because it really really takes away from. Well, you know, from spouse time. From, from your life. No, she doesn't listen to this ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today, we are knocking out minute 57, uh, which begins with Rocky being very available. And it ends with Jurgens. <laughs> we all? <laughs> <laughs> ends with Jurgens challenging Rocky's patriotism. Uh, so Rocky, who's clearly there to interview for a sparring partner for Apollo Creed, says he's very available. Uh, now, now Jurgens... Uh, he lets Rocky go on for a little while about this, and his confusion from the last minute turns to a little bit of amusement, I think. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think almost the face that he has when Rocky's talking about it in the very beginning is almost like a, he's almost like saying in his head, like, oh my God, this guy thinks he's here for a sparring partner? Well, do I have news for him? Like, he's going to blow him away with his news, and Rocky's going to be excited, and everything's going to be great. I think that's accurate, because what what... It, it's really interesting. He, he 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 thinks like this is going to be an easy sell. <laughs> like right. if, yeah, this, yeah. if this chump comes in for this, right? Uh, well, then I got him, and he'll probably do it for pennies, <laughs> for pennies. And the reality <laughs> is, that's what's so great about this scene is mm-hmm. we think that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. and and it's it's why Stallone was 
on top of his game in this, both as an actor, but especially as a writer, knowing I'm going to pull the rug out from the audience expectations here. When you can have a turn in the scene, when you can have an actor do something, a character do something that you don't expect and it's motivated and also character revealing, that's when you know you have an amazing scene. Like when I can, if I can ever write a scene that is well-crafted as this scene, I'll, I'll Mm. just, I'll, I'll close my computer and say, great, I'm done. Now I can now find something else to do with my life because I achieved it. Yeah, that's the pinnacle, mm-hmm. the pinnacle of, the, uh, of a writer's life. And Thayer David is, I mean, he got it. I mean, as great as Stallone is in this, and he is great. Thayer David is, he's just so interesting because Stallone's the one talking. He's the one in the frame, but your eyes start to drift to him as he's studying him and his, his hands move. Yeah. And and it's really interesting to see him re his Jurgen reclaim the power in the scene because the camera again does not move. All that he does is step. I mean, it's a very subtle. Uh, it, it's a subtle like pan up, which actually mm-hmm. helps make him seem more powerful. Uh, but, yes, to larger, and he reclaims the power. And to do exactly what you said to before to say, uh, do you want to fight Apollo Creed uh, for the heavyweight title? Like that's he thinks work is done here. I, I I'm I now have you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. In, in his mind, he's got Rocky right where he wants him, but which is why right after that question, that's the first time Rocky turns his head and looks at him. Yeah, I I have that note too. But when he. Uh, when Rocky goes into his thing about how being uh, sparring with the champ will be an honor, he does another childlike thing when he says, and you know what, Mr. Jurgens? Like he's trying to appeal to the to the older, more powerful. Right. Uh, yes. But the other thing I want to notice is that you had said uh, yesterday, Ted, that, uh, you know, Rocky was just a big ball of love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just a good guy, like a likable guy. Like here he is, you know, even if you were in there interviewing to be Creed's a sparring partner how many people where their first thought would be like and i'd be a good partner too i wouldn't take no cheap shots like i would be honest do the right thing you know treat the situation you know right but you would try to be like oh i'd be a great partner i you know i'd be good i'd give it everything i had like uh-huh. he's just he's not talking about that he's talking about i would be you know integrity wise like i would do the right thing i wouldn't try to hurt him I, and it's probably i'm assuming that's a problem for finding sparring partners is because if if uh, if I was a boxer and I thought I was good and I had an opportunity to spar with right. the champ, I would be like, oh, I'm going to get a shot in, dude. I'm going to show him that I could be the champ. I'm going to take him on. I'm going to you know, give him a run for his money. But Rocky doesn't think like that. He, his automatic thought is that I will do the right thing. I'll be good. I won't take no cheap shots. But it's also another – and this is why it's such a smart thing for you to point out right now is that it's it shows that he respects Apollo Creed. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that Apollo – again, the, this is Stallone and the filmmakers saying – Apollo's not the villain in this movie because it's right. really interesting when you think about it. In Rocky one and two, there is no the, the his opponent is not the villain. Apollo is uh, the representation of the American dream of what Rocky wants to mm-hmm. achieve, and he's a guy that made it. So why would you root against that? He represents what I want. When you get to three and four, they turn the opponent into the villain. In fact, in both movies, they kill a lovable character. So that, that person, that that character, Clubber Lang, and you know Dolph Lundgren, they 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 become the like a '80s villain, yeah. like, like mm-hmm. actually a killer. 
And that's a very, yeah, that's a very different um, tone to the movie. And it, and it, and it, it, it's, it's really interesting that this movie really represents the, um, the ideology of filmmaking in the 1970s, that this movie is more complicated than the later 80s movies, which were white hat, black hat. This is more of um, that kind of Scorsese, uh, John Sayles, uh, Coppola. Life is gray and messy, and it's not always good guys and bad guys. Uh, mm-hmm. It's people trying to make it in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that's what I, I love that this is as mainstream, iconic, a popcorn Academy Award winning movie that you could make, and it still has that 70s adult um, mentality behind it and artistry behind it. You know, um, throughout this, this whole podcast, we, we've been going back and forth on, on Creed and trying to figure out if, you know, his motivation is he try- because the, the movie really doesn't have, like you said, a villain or even an antagonist. We're trying to find touches in Apollo Creed's character that make him that, but he's, it's really not like he's, He's a good guy. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, in some ways, it's selfish, self-serving. But I mean, just the idea of, of giving a chance to somebody yes. who has no having that shot. He's a showman. He's a showman, yeah. yes. and he knows it's a sh- it's show business. But he's not a bad guy. And, and what, say, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say in a, in a later minute. Uh, there's a there's something that I will kind of talk about where it it shows exactly. <laughs> Why I think one he's not a bad guy, and two that he kind of likes rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say that uh, it doesn't say something about us. Like we, you know, we were born in the late seventies, so our movies started in the eighties, nineties, you know, and um, like we we are looking for a villain. Like right. you know, there's no villain in this movie, but us, like as regular people, we're watching this. Like we're trying to like make Apollo the villain almost like we want him to be the, like we look at him oh he's he's gonna do this he's the villain you know we want to make him the villain he's just not that but we keep trying to find excuses as to why we could make him into a villain but that's not what this movie's about this movie is right. about this movie's about overcoming your own kind uh villain inside you his villain the, the enemy in this is himself that who, who right. never reached his potential Mickey even calls him out on that because you're a bum Right, you know, you never reach your potential, and that's who the villain in this movie is. But that's, when we were kids watching yeah. it, like I, I want a villain. I want that's why I like Rocky Four so much because the villain's defined. Right. He's on steroids. He couldn't be more of a villain. Right, and right. and and I want I want music. I want working out, and I want right, I want right, fast right. cars and villains. That's what right. I mean. <laughs> But it, it montages, lots of montages, <laughs> <laughs> villains and montages. Right. And, 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 and when the, I see when I see the montages, I want to see Rocky working hard, and I want to see Drago being shot up on steroids to be well, as best as he can. That's what I want in my villain. When my when my brother Sully showed all these movies to my nephews, uh, his sons, his twins, boys, and they loved them. But by four, my nephew Aiden was watching it, and when they get to the 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 montage after you can't win you know the <laughs> and then he was just like now we're seeing rocky two now we're seeing rocky three now we're seeing a minute ago because <laughs> they, they actually flash back to her standing in the hall at the top of the stand like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i know i just saw that in a minute ago i i, I remember one minute ago that's great yeah <laughs> um 
but the, uh, the punch, the punch, and Apollo Creed hitting the canvas about ten to fifteen times. In, yeah, yeah, in yeah. One um, song. There's another um, absolutely wonderful motivated edit that comes uh, right after. Do you want to fight Apollo Creed for the heavyweight title? Um, so we haven't had a cut until you know this. Again, this is a, a, the, the second cut of the whole scene. Um, and it's a shot. We don't see Jurgen's face anymore. It's just completely on, on Stallone. So we know this is what we're supposed to be focused on. He's processing for a second. Is this a joke? Uh, you know, and then we go, oh, he's going to go, yes. And then he stuns us. He stuns us. And he says, no. And we're like, what? Like, why would you say no? And that's, this is such a great turn. I mean, this is such mm-hmm. a great twist in the scene because you just expect them to say yes. And, and it's, it's a sign. This is what I mean where he's his own villain. He says, no, yeah. I'm not going to take the shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to turn down the shot because I don't believe in myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a full six seconds. He, he stands there to uh, sits there and thinks about it before saying no. And, and they don't cut back to Jurgen. All they got to do is show him moving back to, he crosses, and then there's gonna, then it moves to another motivated edit. But you know, okay, so Jurgen is now saying, what do I got to do to get through? I can't figure this guy out. I can't make – it's one of those times where you when you meet someone who's so authentically nice and good and you're used – I have this sometimes. I, there's a couple of people I've met in this town in Hollywood where it's like, I'm always expecting someone to be a, a, a jerk or a liar mm-hmm. or a cheat because that's right. what they all are. <laughs> and then when after like working with someone for for a month, uh, it, like Anthony Rapp on on our show, uh, he's an amazing actor. And then when you meet him and after a little while you go, oh, wait, so you're not a jerk. Like that's actually just you. You're This isn't right. a bit. This, this, this is – and I think Jurgen is now going, okay, this guy's not a chump. And he's not in, in it for money, and he's not in it for fame. He's not in it for glory. He's actually just one of those rare cases of an honest, good person. And now I got to do a different kind of tact, which is yeah. brings us to our next motivated edit, which is Jurgen kind of sitting down. So he's actually saying, okay, I'm going to respect you and come down to your level a little bit. Not totally to his level. He still has power. He's still, mm-hmm. it's a gesture to get him at the same level. And it's, and it's a, a subtle sign that your brain registers of how strong and intractable Rocky is. He's no pushover. And actually, that's what Jurgen is looking for. He needs to sell a spectacle to the public. And you can see him smiling. He's like, he's not pissed off. He's like, hmm, I'm kind of impressed by this guy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that was- really interesting. What my one of my notes here is what is going what was Jurgen's reaction? What was going through his mind when Rocky said no? Was it I, I can't believe this guy I'm giving him a shot of a lifetime? Who's he think he I, is? I, but, I, I think Jurgen's is such a good he's a good promoter. He's such a he's a, like a salesman and he's he's like reading Rocky and and he's he's realizing that you know what he had planned wasn't going to work, so I have to adapt and try this approach and try this approach. But he does it seamlessly. You know, he just goes from one approach to the next approach to the next approach, and you don't even notice any change in his behavior and his voice. He shows no emotion. He shows no reaction. He doesn't want to show when Rocky says no that he's surprised because then that that gives the power back to Rocky because now Jurgens is off his game. But um, 
this big spider on the wall over there. But um, <laughs> Jurgens is, is uh, just adapts to the situation. Well, because remember, he's the devil. So if yes, looking, that's exactly right. You know, if, if 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 Rocky is his own, you know, kind of his own problem that he has to overcome, his own insecurity. The if there's a villain in this movie, it is Jurgen. I mean, I mean, right. he's not a, he's not a pure villain, yeah, but uh, yeah. he's, he represents everything in the '70s that people despised, which is the establishment, the the fat cat white establishment power, right? Uh, and he represents that here and like the devil he knows how to just keep shifting keep making different offers to kind of seduce you and pull you pull you in uh there's also another really interesting thing that struck me as i was looking at this part of the sequence which is how different the dynamics are in this scene versus the one the previous time we saw this office was with apollo creed um and in that sequence everyone was in suits they're all power players Apollo was actually mm-hmm. sitting at Jurgen's own desk. He's the one calling the shots. He's powerful. He's in control of his own destiny because he made it. But in this scene, Rocky's in the small chair. You know, like it's it's a very again, you're not noticing it as you're watching it, but you're feeling it and your brain is registering it in the back of your head. And it's a it's really beautiful juxta- juxtaposition, which tells the story visually without us having to have dialogue telling us like, I feel really uncomfortable in this room, Mr. Jogan. Like, it's just, it's just artists using all the techniques of film to their maximum power. You know, we all know that Jurgens isn't letting Rocky leave this room without agreeing. Uh, but what if Rocky does? What if does. Rocky sticks his guns and he walks out and I mean, they pursue him obviously, but. We don't but know I don't that, know if they yeah. do. I don't know if they do. Like I, yeah. I mean, at that point, they they might go like, "All right, we go to the next guy on the list," and it's just not going to be. We we got to find a different way to sell that. Mm. But but what's so great is he knows here. I can't let him go. I can't let him go because this is the guy. Apollo mm-hmm. was right. This is the guy, yeah. and it also drives home how smart Apollo is. I mean, that's, right. that's what's so great about Carl Weathers in this movie is he plays this character with such intelligence. And such eloquence, and but also you still know because he's an African American uh, kid, a guy who grew up, who grew up a kid in in, in America at, at the height of racism, the civil rights movement. So he had so many hurdles to overcome, and he overcame them. And yeah. and you know, so he he went through a as tough, if not a tougher situation as Rocky, and it's it's uh, that it, it, it subtly again subtly links those two and shows what what he Rocky could become. He's the representation of, of what awaits if you can climb the mountain. Right. Yeah. Once, uh, once Jurgens realizes that he has to change up his, his, uh, adjust his tactics here. He also changes his demeanor. Like you said, yes. he's kind of comes more down to Rocky's level and the way he, he's even talking, listen, Rocky, you know, he's trying to get Rocky into that secure sense, but and also, this, okay. go, go ahead. Um, well, well, this, this, this is for me, this is where Jurgens becomes extremely unlikable mm-hmm. because he tells him Apollo seen him fight lie. He tells him Apollo likes him lie. He tells him Apollo wants to fight him lie. So, I mean, he's just feeding Rocky, you know, he's being that patronizing mm-hmm. asshole. Like I said before, and, but I don't and, think uh, boxing promoter is uh, the hierarchy of ethics. You know, it's right. just generally slimy people. Good point. Oh, to all our boxing promoter fans, <laughs> if any boxing promoters listen, I take that back. 
No, but I'm, well, I'm, sure, I'm sure boxing promoters would admit that themselves. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, and also that's what, remember, again, he's the devil. So everything that comes mm-hmm. out of the devil's mouth is a lie. Yeah. But what's also, what's, what's also interesting here, really interesting, is this is the first time we have traditional over-the-shoulder editing. So we go back and forth, and it's because subtly John Avildsen is doing an amazing job here directing. He's saying, now we're into a chess game. So it's mm-hmm. back and forth. So one right. person makes a move, then the next person. So we've gone from power differentials back and forth to now they're almost on equal footing. Jurgens is a little higher. They shoot Rocky a little bit lower, but it is back and forth and cutting, which is something, again, a subtle editorial choice that they make, but it drives home the idea that, okay, this is a little bit of a sparring match right here, right? which yeah. is why we go into traditional editing here. And that's, mm-hmm. again, shows such great restraint from the, from the filmmaking because they know only use editing when it's helping to tell the story. Don't let it get in the way of the story. Well, the, the editor won an Oscar for this. Exactly. For this movie. And because editing is not about the most editing. It's about the, the correct editing. Mm. <laughs> so you can have editing be – you can have a scene that only has one cut. My, my favorite edit in a movie ever is in Jaws where uh, they after they find the dead body and they, 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 they're in the police station. There's just a camera pan that goes across this – the office and we go into the office and chief is typing on the, the report and Polly answers the phone and it, Oh, it's the coroner report. And, and we, they cut to cause of death and it's, and that's the only edit. And it says S H A R K that's editing. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, 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 that's how you use editing to tell a story. And that's what they're doing here. This, this back and forth editing is a precursor. It's a, it's foreshadowing of what the fight is going to be like with Apollo because Jurgen is representing Apollo in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to uh, mention that too, because he's very sure of himself, like his mannerisms, his mm-hmm. face, uh, and Rocky is very unsure of himself. You know, he's, he's talking low, he's kind of mumbling a little bit. So it's, it is a, a parallel that I, I noticed too. And even, even look at the, where they place Jurgen and where they place Rocky. Normally on an over the shoulder, like when you do this type of coverage, you put people at equidistant um, placement from the lens. So they're both filling the frame at the same size. Mm-hmm. But they don't do that here. <laughs> Jurgen is closer, so he's more powerful. And Rocky is smaller in the frame. Mm-hmm. Even though we're going back and forth, he's still the underdog. So you normally wouldn't do that, but they do that here, which is what's really, really clever and really smart. Which leads us to the, the the final turn of the scene, and it's the pitch that actually works, which is Jurgen busts out the big guns and says, do you believe in the American dream? Yeah, he challenges his patriotism. And and what think about, and Rocky, this is the first moment that he never hesitates in response. He looks right okay. at Jurgen and goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. He is not ashamed of it. He may never have seen it. <laughs> he hasn't experienced it. But it's part of who he is. He actually believes it, and and that this is writing and acting coming together in one beautiful moment. It's it is for me the turning point of the movie, the theme of the movie that is coming out, and this is why this sequence is so important. This is what I call a theme scene. This is this is saying I believe in that. Then if you believe in it, 
don't you want to take the risk? Don't you want to, don't you want to put your actions uh, where your words are? And, and that's what happens in this scene. Well, Rocky, when he protests at first, um, he calls himself just a club fighter, a ham and egger, and he says Apollo's the best and wouldn't be such a good fight. Like he doesn't even give himself a chance. He's right. He beat himself down before he, he doesn't even consider accepting at this point. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right, because Jurgen still has to make one final he he, he Jer, once Jurgen but once Jurgen hears yes, yeah, I believe in the American dream, he knows, okay, now I know how to close the deal. Yeah, yeah. He can reel him in. Mm-hmm. I want to go to uh I looked up what ham and egger uh, means on uh, Urban Dictionary, you know, the, uh, mm-hmm. the authority the authority on all of course. <laughs> uh, contemporary e- expressions and words. Um, be as accurate as Wikipedia. Or, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they have seven definitions for ham and egg. Did you look this up? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of them that refer to boxing. Like this, the, num- the number two definition says a, f- a prize fighter whose modest skills won't let him or her win, a lar- win large purses. So their manager, who gets a percentage of the purses, will never be able to afford to eat better than ham and eggs. Uh-huh. So I don't think that, that one really doesn't apply no. to Rocky. Here. no. Number four, Hammenegger, refers to boxing an amateur, primarily an athlete, posing as a professional, but not quite up to that caliber. It's a slurred code name for amateur. So I think right there, that's, that's yeah. what uh, uh, <laughs> well, number seven really caught my attention. Uh, it's simply a real basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Hammenegger. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I'm going to stop calling myself a ham and egger because I don't want people to think I'm calling myself a basic bitch. <laughs> well, it's, this, is a, this is a really um, – it, 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 what's great about this, where this minute ends, is it kind of leaves us all hanging uh, on the reel right now, like wondering how, how is, how is Jurgen going to close this deal? Um, I want to go back to, to the script real quick because uh, everything up to – Jurgen's offering Rocky to fight Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, it says the weight of the statement comes crashing down on Rocky. For a long moment, he becomes nothing more than a basket case as he ponders the statement. He half regains his senses and answers, uh, absolutely. So he didn't protest in the script. But I, I looked into it a little bit, and uh, Stallone and Allison, they both commented on it, and they felt that Rocky thinks too low of himself to accept a shot like that. Like he, he even yeah. says he has, has no business being in a ring with, mm-hmm. with Apollo Creed. So him accepting the fight without blinking is, doesn't seem like character for Rocky. But that happens, that happens all the time. Like I, for, I've, I've done a bunch of different shows, whether it was law and order or on, on, on Supergirl or revenge. Like you write a certain thing in your head and then you get to the set and you're working with the actors and you're working with the director and you, get to a point where you go what I was writing in my office by myself mm-hmm. got us here but now we're finding something different uh, the 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 scene evolves and grows both on set and in the editing room and right. that's mm-hmm. that's when you're not done when you when you finish typing you're done when it airs or when it's projected in the movie theater because it you can always play around with it. That where you put a cut, where you put an edit, mm-hmm. changes the moment. A sound effect, like even in the background here, those little the car horns and all that kind of stuff, just it helps 
sell that this is a real moment. This is something we're actually witnessing reality, and a real like and and the air in the room feels you you feel all that stuff. So that it all changes. It, it all adapts. If, if it's if it's how you wrote it, if if all you do is shoot what you wrote, you're probably not allowing all the other artists in this collaborative medium to put their imprint on it and help make it better. Yeah, it's this isn't the only time too. Right, we've seen a couple of instances where they they changed what was in the script and and you and you you look at the script and you say if it was shot that way, it wouldn't be nearly the movie it, it turned out to be. Exactly. Exactly. I think Rocky. He, we know he respects Apollo Creed. Like back in the bar when, when the bartender called him a clown, and Apollo Creed was like shocked, like calling Apollo Creed clown, clown, Apollo right. Creed a clown. Yeah. And I think he respects the sport of boxing quite a bit, and he doesn't think highly enough of himself to to take out to say absolutely and just accept it like that. So yeah, absolutely, right. yeah. Yeah, it 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 makes it makes also the ending uh, a lot. A lot more powerful, like both the ending of this scene and the ending of the movie, because it it, it drives home how big a challenge this is. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about it next minute too. You know what? I'll save it for next minute. So uh, I'm out of notes for this one. Me too. Jay, you good? Uh, yeah, I've been on notes for quite some time now on this one. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, Mr. Ted Sullivan at Carter Hall. Is that where they can find you? Yeah, K-A-R-T-E-R-H-O-L on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and uh, I post lots of behind-the-scenes uh, shots from uh, Star Trek Discovery, uh, which is on CBS All Access and Netflix around the world. We are Rocky Minute on Twitter. Uh, we have a listeners group on Facebook, Mighty Mix. Uh, we're on DuelingGenre.com. Uh, that's our home away from home. And uh, that's all the places you can find us. Mm-hmm. Currently, this is the only project we're working on. No uh, big show, uh, TV shows. <laughs> to our credit, not yet, not yet. Jeez, we're, we're like Rocky. <laughs> we're just <laughs> for our downplaying us. Jesus, we're just waiting for a shot. <laughs> just like Alexander Hamilton. Right. Jeez. <laughs> All right. So please, everybody out there, join us tomorrow because we're not even halfway through this week. A lot more to go. Got to see. If Jurgens wears Rocky down enough to accept the fight, so you're only going to find that out if you come back tomorrow. So we'll see you then on the next Rocky Minute.